Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. I've been thinking lately about what it might mean to even be seen to be a Christian particularly when the enemy's PR department has done a pretty all right job at making the label Christian an epithet. Oh, just like they did in Antioch, as noted in Acts chapter 11. Anyway, I record today's time together on MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day, and I'm been just thinking about what that might mean for you and me to take a stand, which coincides with, with what I hope today is a nice exhortation that emerges from our reading. Listen to Jesus' voice until you long for and belong to the truth. Happy Monday, hopeful ones, and uh, welcome to today's bit of our journey through the Bible together in a year, plus or minus a little bit. And uh, considering every word of God's revelation of himself, right? we serve a God who speaks, which I think is important when in today's theme. Listen to Jesus' voice until you long for and belong to the truth. Now let's put that in context. The very last words that we read in our New Testament reading were, Peter denied it again, immediately a rooster crowed. My friends, we often think of Peter as being such a stalwart, at least I do, right? He wrote a couple letters to believers who are scattered and splattered. Uh, By some accounts, some people believe he was crucified upside down, even though that was probably not true. But the one person, here's (laughs) the one person in all of history, the God-man Jesus, who doesn't just know truth, He doesn't just do truthful things. He is truth and has just been handed over. John 18, picking up in verse 28. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters, and it was early in the morning. They did not enter the headquarters themselves, otherwise they would have been defiled and unable to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man weren't a criminal, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. Pilate told them, You take him and judge him according to your law. It's not legal for us to put anyone to death, the Jews declared. They said this so that Jesus' words might be fulfilled, indicating what kind of death he was going to die. And then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Are you asking this on your own, or have others told you about me? I'm not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied. Your own nation and chief priests handed you over to me. What what have you done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight 
so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. You are a king, then? Pilate asked. You say that I'm a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this, and I've come into this world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? said Pilate. After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no grounds for charging him. You have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at the Passover. So, do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers also twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and clothed him in a purple robe. And they kept coming to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were slapping him in his face. Pilate went outside again and said to them, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no grounds for charging him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the temple servants saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! And Pilate responded, Take him and crucify him yourselves, since I find no grounds for charging him. We have a law, the Jews replied to him, and according to that law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid than ever. He went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus didn't give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? Jesus responded, You would have no authority over me at all if it hadn't been given to you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. From that moment, Pilate kept trying to release him. But the Jews shouted, If you release this man, you're not a friend of Caesar's. Anyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside, and he sat down on the judge's seat in a place called the Stone Pavement, in Aramaic, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation day for the Passover, about noon, and then he told the Jews, Here is your king. And they shouted, Take him away, take him away, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Should I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Then he handed him over to be crucified. And they took Jesus away. Carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, in Aramaic called Golgotha. And there they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side, with Jesus in the middle. Pilate also had a sign made and put on the cross, and it said, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign because 
The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and, and it was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, I don't write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, a part for each soldier. They also took the tunic, which was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who gets it. This happened that scripture might be fulfilled that says, They divided my clothes among themselves, and they cast lots for my clothing. This is what the soldiers did. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. After this, when Jesus knew that everything was now finished, that scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they fixed a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And then bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. And my friends, that's up through chapter 19, verse 30. I don't know about you, but that little scene where Pilate goes, what is truth? <laughs> Just couldn't ring more true here on MLK Day 2024. Listen to Jesus' voice until you long for and belong to the truth. I hope that sinks in for us today. Turning back to our Old Testament segment today, we've got a we've got a maybe a little bit shorter chunk of the Old Testament that we're going to go through today. Uh, Joshua 22. If you remember kind of the big picture of the book of Joshua, right? There's kind of like four chunks. There's entering the land. There's taking the land. There's distributing or allocating the land. And mercifully, we are through that part. And now the last few chapters begins to speak about retaining, if not learning how to worship God in the land. And in a sense, Today's bit is about Israel's unity being preserved. Interesting story here. Joshua 22. Joshua summoned the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh, and he told them, You have done everything Moses, the Lord's servant, commanded you, and have obeyed me in everything I commanded you. And you have not deserted your brothers even once this whole time but have carried out the requirement of the command of the Lord your God. Now that he has given your brothers rest just as he promised them, 
Return to your homes in your own land that Moses the Lord's servant gave you across the Jordan. Only carefully obey the command and instruction that Moses the Lord's servant gave you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, keep his commands, be loyal to him, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Friends, I'm just going to pause and I don't even, uh, my brain's not working this morning. I don't even know how many years later after Moses this is, right? I don't know if it's been 30 years or 80 years or whatever it's been that they've been taking and cleaning out and allocating the land. But Moses has been dead a good long time. And of course, they're referring to Moses giving this command because that was the Lord's command. And it was recognized that Moses was the servant, the guy that that God used to lead them out of slavery in Egypt, right? And through the wilderness in 40 years. And I just want you to, I'm going to repeat that and then keep on reading. And I want to do it in light of today's theme. Listen to Jesus's voice until you long for and belong to the truth. I'm not sure even sure if it connects, but just. Listen to this last line here. Only carefully obey the command and instruction that Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you to love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, keep his commands, be loyal to him, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Joshua blessed them and sent them on their way, and and they went to their homes And Moses had given territory to the half-tribe of Manasseh in Bashan, but Joshua had given territory to the other half with their brothers on the west side of the Jordan. And when Joshua sent them to their homes and blessed them, he said, Return to your homes with great wealth, a huge number of cattle and silver, gold, bronze, iron, and a large quantity of clothing. Share the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. Now the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh left the Israelites at Shiloh in the land of Canaan to return to their own land of Gilead, which they took possession of according to the Lord's command through Moses. And when they came to the region of the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh built a large, impressive altar there by the Jordan. And then the Israelites heard of it, and they said, Look, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar on the frontier of the land of Canaan at the region of the Jordan on the Israelite side. And when the Israelites heard this, the entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh to to go to war against them. The Israelites sent Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, to the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead. And they sent ten leaders with him, one one family leader for each tribe of Israel. Now, all of them were heads of their ancestral families among the clans of Israel. And they went to the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead and told them, This is what the Lord's entire community says. What is this treachery you have committed today against the God of Israel by turning away from the Lord and building an altar for yourselves so that you are in rebellion against the Lord today? Wasn't the iniquity of Peor, which brought a plague on the Lord's community, enough for us? We have not cleansed ourselves from it even to this day. And now you would turn away from the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, 
Tomorrow he will be angry with the entire community of Israel. But if the land you possess is defiled, cross over to the land the Lord possesses where the Lord's tabernacle stands and take possession of it among us. But don't rebel against the Lord or against us by building for yourselves an altar other than the altar of the Lord of our God. Wasn't Achan, son of Zerah, unfaithful regarding what he set apart for destruction, bringing wrath on the entire community of Israel? He was not the only one who perished because of his iniquity. Now the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the Israelite clans. The mighty one, God, the Lord, the mighty one, God, the Lord, he knows, and may Israel know. Do not spare us today if it was an act of rebellion or treachery against the Lord that we have built for ourselves an altar to turn away from him. May the Lord himself hold us accountable if we intended to offer burnt offerings or grain offerings on it or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it. We actually did this from a specific concern that in the future, your descendants might say to our descendants, what relationship do you have with the Lord, the God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a border between us and you descendants of Reuben and Gad. You have no share in the Lord. So, Your descendants may cause our descendants to stop fearing the Lord. Therefore, we said, let's take action and build an altar for ourselves, but not for burnt offering or sacrifice. Instead, it is to be a witness between us and you and between the generations after us so that we may carry out the worship of the Lord in his presence with our burnt offerings and sacrifices and fellowship offerings. And then in the future, Your descendants will not be able to say to our descendants, you have no share in the Lord. We thought that if they said this to us or our generations in the future, we would reply, look at the replica of the Lord's altar that our ancestors made, not not for burnt offering or sacrifice, but as a witness between us and you. We would never rebel against the Lord or turn away from him today by by building an an altar for burnt offering, grain offering, or sacrifice other than the altar of the Lord our God, which is in front of his tabernacle. And when the priest Phinehas and the community leaders, the heads of Israel's clans who were with him, heard what the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. Phinehas, son of Eleazar the priest, said to the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is among us, because you have not committed this treachery against him. As a result, you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's power. And then the priest Phinehas, son of Eleazar, and the leaders returned from the Reubenites and Gadites in the land of Gilead to the Israelites in the land of Canaan and brought back a report to them. The Israelites were pleased with the report, And they blessed God. They spoke no more about going to war against them to ravage the land where the Reubenites and Gadites lived. So the Reubenites and Gadites named the altar, It is a witness between us that the Lord is God. And that is chapter 22 of Joshua, and we will finish up Joshua tomorrow. But I hope that, in a way, I hope that you see how that relates to maybe today's theme of listening to Jesus' voice until you long for it, until you belong to it, belong to the truth. 
pursue truth. In fact, as we turn to our wisdom segment today, we pick up in Proverbs chapter 23, and we are kind of in the middle of the sayings, the 30 sayings of the wise. And uh, interestingly, the one we left off with when we last read Proverbs was Proverbs 23.23. So I'll start there, because it kind of fits with today's theme. Buy and do not sell truth, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of a righteous son will rejoice greatly, but one who fathers a wise son will delight in him. Let your father and mother have joy, and let her who gave birth to you rejoice. My son, give me your heart, and let me observe your ways. For a prostitute is a deep pit, and a a wayward woman is a narrow well. Indeed, she sets an ambush like a robber, and it increases the number of unfaithful people. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has conflicts? Who has complaints? Who has wounds for no reason? Who has red eyes? Those who linger over wine. Those who go looking for mixed wine. Don't gaze at wine because it is red, because it gleams in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and you will say absurd things. And you'll be like someone sleeping out at sea or lying down on the the top of a ship's mast. They struck me, but I feel no pain. They beat me, but I didn't know it. When will I wake up? I'll look for another drink. And my friends... Gets us up through verse 35, which wraps up chapter 23. My friends, I'm just going to prayerfully leave you with this. Lord God, we want to listen to your voice. We want to see how you and, and know you, Lord, through how you've revealed yourself in nature, in scripture, in your son. Lord, I just pray that we will listen to his voice until we know it, until we long for it. And do we, Lord, belong to it? I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.